1: Good afternoon, everybody. Scott Luton with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Welcome to uh, two special co-hosts here today, Dr. Troy Montgomery and Mr. Marty Parker. Hey, how are we doing, folks? Doing great, Scott. Marty, how are we doing?
0: Marty's not doing too well today, I guess, Scott.
1: (laughs) Murphy's Law is alive (laughs) and well. This is how it goes sometimes. So uh, as I tee up the episode, we'll see if we can't get all the connections in. But great to have you all here today. Today's show we're going to be talking about, of course, supply chain. We're going to be talking with a couple of bright, extremely bright supply chain students from the supply chain program at the University of Georgia. Troy, Marty, y'all been on fire for uh, for a long time now. The uh, program has blown up, and we've been fortunate to interview a variety of uh, students coming through the program, so look forward to doing that just today. So, Before we say hello to a few folks, before we cover a couple of uh, events, before we get the conversation going, I wanna just formally introduce our special co-host here today. So Dr. Troy Montgomery is part of the management faculty at the University of Georgia Terry College of Business. And he's joined by Marty Parker, an award-winning lecturer at UGA, but he also founded the school's first supply chain advisory board. So great to have y'all both with us here today. So let's see if we've got, so we know we've got Troy. Troy's locked in. He's locked in, loaded, ready to go. I'm ready to go. Let's I see can if hear you. Marty. Can you hear me? We got you. All right. My <laughs>
2: AirPods just stopped working for some reason. Sorry about that.
1: That is okay. The Murphy's Law is, is, is alive and is and having the year of its life in 2021. So it's great to have you with us. So Marty, um, we've known each other quite some time. Um, I love, uh, you know, and, and through you, we, we met uh, Troy as well. Love what y'all are doing at UGA, and we're going to talk about at the end of the conversation some of the things that is working well for the program, but I'm pretty excited to talk with our two students. How about y'all? Yeah,
2: the students are just phenomenal, and these are two of the best of the best on our Supply Chain Advisory Board. We've had them in our classes, and they're terrific.
1: Love that. Yeah. So so you would agree?
0: Both Jesse and Elena are excellent. I had the, the privilege to have both of them in uh, operations class and then supply chain management and uh, they're knocking out of the ballpark in their internships, so they represent our students very well.
1: Love it. Well, we're going to get to, we're going to bring in Jesse and Elena momentarily. But really quick, we got to do some housekeeping. I'm going to share a couple of events, and we're going to say hello to a few folks. But before we do that, I'm going to surprise y'all with a little factoid here. So today, Marty and Troy, is National Hammock Day. How about that? Never knew there was a national day for that. Now, the hammock, of course, the symbol, the global symbol for relaxation originally developed, as y'all know, by the Mayans of Central and South America. And the name, well, initially it was made from the hammock tree, H-A-M-A-C-K. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but the hammock tree, which is, of course, one of the reasons it got its name. So my question, my simple question to both of y'all before we dive in here, Marty, if, if you could be anywhere right now, relaxing and chilling in a hammock, where would that be?
2: So I would say I have two daughters in their 20s. So I know all about emos. And they're all <laughs> over campus, you know, and, and they're very relaxing. And I would be on Sanibel Island in South Florida, watching the waves crash, seeing the beautiful seashells and the sunset.
1: Oh, what a picture. It's like an artist. Marty is the artist painting that picture in our minds. Troy, he, he said a high bar. Where would you be?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. That's actually where my wife and I got married in Sanibel. Uh, I'd say uh, over in Hilton Head, we've been spending a lot of time there throughout the pandemic. It's a short drive from Athens, and when I'm there, it just means family time on the beach. So w- would love to be sitting in a hammock there.
1: Love that. Okay. Well, uh, there's still some summer left, so we'll see if we can't get there. But welcome to you both. Look forward to having this conversation with you. A couple of quick. Comments here. A couple of quick events. So, folks, there's still time to join us for the July 27th free webinar on digital transformation, and we're hearing plenty of that. And in particular, how it's not just accelerating, but strengthening your supply chain. So, join Kevin and I as we host Dr. Swink from TCU and our friend Nick Carpenter at Esker. I think link to join is in the comments. Mini masterclass. You know, I bet Marty and Troy get this question a lot. Hey, how can I not just get a job, but how can I advance? Um, and Uh, get promoted and and become a better leader. We've got a great panel here between uh, Maria, Crystal, Peter, Rodney, and Mark addressing those questions. They've given up their time on July 29th from four to about seven. So join us if you're looking to get some insights around not just how to find a job and how to work with with recruiters, but how to gain some of the skill sets that will uh, help you develop your leadership skills. And link to that is in the comments as well. And then finally, we are... Uh, Supply Chain Now, very happy to be the exclusive virtual provider of Loris' series event that has every year the Supply Chain Insights Global Summit, September 7th through the 9th. It's a hybrid event. She's going to be gathering a small group of folks in Franklin, Tennessee, and then we're going to be broadcasting the virtual version of that uh, for folks that register. You can learn more at supplychaininsightsglobalsummit.com. Okay, Marty and Troy. We have got two outstanding guests, the stars of the show, along with our folks in the in the skyboxes, as we call them. And, and in fact, before I introduce our guests, let's say hello to a few folks that have already joined us here. So Srinivas is back with us via LinkedIn from India. Srinivas, great to see you. Let us know how you and your family are doing. John Martinez. Hey, John, great to have you back. I really enjoyed your questions around Agile, which I bet Troy and Marty and Jesse and Landon know, know something or two about. Looking forward to hearing your comments today. Nerfod, which always brings Troy Marty, always brings a nice sense of humor. Right, that's been important to maintain uh, through these crazy times. Hey, Marie Hurst is back. Great to see you back, and and uh, looks like she's a big Marty Parker fan too.
2: Well, I had her daughter in class.
1: Her daughter's wonderful student. Really? Yeah. Well, now Marie's got some supply chain chops as well. Uh,
2: so oh, great absolutely. to have you. Here. I, I know Marie too. She's wonderful.
1: Yes, absolutely. All right. So then Christopher Keegan's with us. Go Dogs, fellow UGA. You got a little love there uh, via LinkedIn. Go Dogs.
0: Uh, <laughs> Chris was in our PMBA program most recently.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Christopher, great to have you. Look forward to your POV as we uh, progress through this conversation here today. Ervon is back with us. Great to have you again. Really have enjoyed your contributions. Masawar is back with us from Pakistan via uh, LinkedIn. Great to have you back. River, I think I said that right. If I didn't, let me know. Go dogs and Jesse Bailey. Hey, hey, he's a big Jesse Bailey fan. I wonder if he may be part of uh, the baseball organization that we're going to ask Jesse about. We'll see. Great to see you, River. Hey, Peter Bolle, all night and all day, great to see you here. Sergey is here from Southern California, great to have you here, and welcome, welcome to everyone else. We're going to try to get everybody here momentarily. Hey, one more, David is back with us. David, I know you've been busy, love that you're tuned in via LinkedIn from beautiful Calgary, Alberta. Maybe you got some some pictures of your Jeep navigating uh, off-road, we'll see. Okay, so folks, with no further ado, Marty and Troy, I want to introduce our two special guests here today. So we're going to be having Elena Griggs, who is a rising senior at the University of Georgia and president of the UGA Supply Chain Advisory Board, and Jesse Bailey, also a rising senior at UGA and treasurer of the UGA Supply Chain Advisory Board as well. So let's welcome in Jesse and Elena. Hey, hey, good afternoon, Elena. How are you doing?
3: I'm good. It's been a busy day at work so far, and I'm glad to be on here with everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wonderful. And Jesse, good afternoon.
4: How are you all doing? I'm doing good. And I agree with what Elena said. Been a little bit of a busy day, but glad to be here taking a little bit of a respite.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're really excited to have you both. And I want to make sure folks know. So, we're Clay Phillips is a proud UGA alum, as is uh, Allie, who's also behind the scenes. So there's a lot of uh, bulldog blood that runs through the team here at Supply Chain now, and it's great to uh, meet four others. So let's, let's start with you know, just getting to know you all a little better. And, and Elaine, I want to start with you. So as I was doing my homework and our team was doing our homework on your background, you've got to have some clones because all these activities you, you are involved in, I don't know how you get any sleep at night. Let's see. Beyond what we already shared, president of the UGA Supply Chain Advisory Board, you're also a global supply chain intern for Lockheed Martin. Little company folks may have heard of once or a million times. You're vice president for the Management Society, and you're also involved with the mentor program and Rotaract. So how do you get any sleep at night?
3: Um, Sleep is pretty overrated in my life, I'd have to say. (laughs) I do get sleep. It's just a lot of hard work and a lot of hard hours and just putting in that time and not going to get the opportunity to do this the rest of my life. So I got to make the most of it now while I'm here in college.
1: I love it. I love it. Okay, so really quick, where did you grow up? So
3: I'm from a little town called Blairsville, Georgia, up in the North Georgia mountains. Tiny little town. It's beautiful. It's great. I live about five minutes away from the North Carolina border. And coming down to UGA has been great. Been being here since I was a little kid. Both my parents are alum, so bulldog blood runs deep in our family.
1: Awesome. Now, Marty, uh, one of the founders of the supply chain and advisory board UGA, your president here, Elena Griggs. What, What? uh, give us an observation about her leadership style.
2: So, Elena, she's already said, being so hardworking, it's all about the details, like it is in supply chain, right? The the things we do as a board um, seem like they're easy, but they're not. And so, Elena's up with me at 7 a.m. for our meetings and, uh, you know, we do those live, so that means getting up even earlier and getting the Chick-fil-A biscuits. And it's a student-run <laughs> board. And she she involves the exec team and the students. And matter of fact, she has an idea uh, moving forward about how to bring more of them actively in because our program's growing so
1: much. I love that. And we're going to touch more on that. Uh, and by the way, I love what, also love what Ervon says, red to green, all supply chain blood. It is a, a unifying industry for sure. So, Landa, great to have you. We we'll look forward to picking your brain here momentarily. Your colleague there, Jesse Bailey, beyond his, what we shared with him as we introduced him, also part of the Supply Chain Advisory Board leadership team, but he is a, a supply chain intern at Central Garden and Pet, and your co-founder of the Georgia Liberty Baseball Organization. So, I'm going to talk baseball with you in just a second, but first, where'd you grow up, Jesse? So,
4: I grew up in a little town called Houston, Georgia, kind of Nobody's heard of it, but it's in Jackson County. It's it's 45 minutes from campus in Athens. So I knew I wanted to be a bulldog since I was in elementary school and um, kind of living out my dream.
1: Love that, love that. Little little passion in these two here. So let's uh, so this. You co-founded the Georgia Liberty Baseball Organization. What is that?
4: So it is a, a travel baseball organization based out of Gwinnett County, Georgia. Last year, my partner and I knew a couple kids uh, that were 16 at the time. They needed a team because COVID had shut their their travel team down. And to be honest with you, I never thought we would actually field a team and, and play. Um, but since last summer, we've grown. We've now got three teams that will be playing this fall, um, 16U, 17U, and 18U. And so I run the, the organization on that side and, and coach one of the teams. It's a ton of fun.
1: Love that. Now, I also hear that the Braves have brought you in as a consultant to figure out how we can straighten out the season, right?
4: Yeah, that's my toughest job that
1: I've got on the table by far. <laughs> all right, love that. Well, welcome to you both. Uh, really quick, before I turn pass the baton over to Troy, I want to say hello to a few more folks. I love this. What Nerfod says. So, Peter Bole, wonderful contributor to all live streams. He's part of the event next week. I love his headshot there, right? And Nerfod says, "The I've worked hard all my life. Now I am the king." Pose. I like that. Nerfod. Hey, Brizesh. Welcome via LinkedIn. Great to have you. I I think you were part of our earlier live streams. Let us know where you're tuned in from via LinkedIn. Rogers, great to have you here. uh, Part of this discussion. Look forward to your POV. And finally, Alay from Sudan. Hey, great to have you back. Really have enjoyed uh, your contributions and buckle up for a great conversation once again here today. Okay. So, Troy, where are we going next with Jesse and Elena?
0: Yeah, well, we've got a question here related to interest in supply chain. Uh, So, I'll Directed to Jesse first, and then Elena let you jump in. And, and Jesse, you keep running that baseball team in about 10 years. I got a good prospect. My son's about seven years old right now. So uh, so you keep running that team and, and keep it warm for my son. So let, let's talk a little bit about uh, your interest in supply chain. So Jesse, tell us, why did you choose supply chain as your management emphasis? And then also give us a little insight in what's your favorite class or favorite experience here at UGA?
4: For sure. Um, So like I mentioned earlier, I grew up 45 minutes from campus, knew I wanted to go to Georgia since I was in elementary school, knew I wanted to be a business major since probably middle school and really focused on management at that time too. And I don't know if this is the best answer, but the simplest answer on why I wanted to do supply chain is because I really didn't want to do HR. And so (laughs) that was the two options at Georgia. And so, um, but it matched up perfectly with what I love to do. I've, I've been lucky. A lot of my uh, friends have, changed majors four or five times. I haven't had to do it. I, I fell in love as soon as I got in the program, and it's been perfect.
0: Yes. Yeah, so tell us about your favorite class, and, and I'll caveat it with it, it doesn't have to be one of mine. could be Marty's or one of Dr. Antigua's, and, and and just to lay this out there, both Jesse and Elena have, have had both my classes, so they can't have me again to butter me up to give them an A in the future. They've already earned those A's, so what do you think, Jesse?
4: Yeah, I I feel compelled to to say it was uh, one of the three classes I've taken with y'all. But to be honest with you, it was the project management class that I took with Dr. Zantinga. It was the most challenging class I've had at UGA, bar none. Uh, had to put in the most time and uh, really figure that out. And just the rewarding experience of of getting the grade that I got in in that class and learning things that are going to be very useful to me, no matter what kind of organization I'm in as I move forward. Mm,
1: What an answer.
2: So let's move over to uh,
0: Elena, and, and I will say, especially in the, the period that we just finished in the semester, we had the opportunity for students to come in person or attend via Zoom. Both Elena and Jesse were in my supply chain class, and they always sit over on the left. Uh, one of the few that actually attended in person, which I think makes a pretty big difference. But uh, Elena, so tell us a little bit about how you ended up in supply chain management with the emphasis in supply chain management.
3: So I was pretty set on business um, by the time I would gotten to my senior year in high school. It was between microbiology and business, so not exactly close majors, but went with the business route. And looking at the emphases that UJ um, had to offer, I saw HR, supply chain, and figured I might as well do one. Doesn't add on, you know, extra credit hours. And by then, I had never really heard of the term supply chain before that's not something that's usually discussed you know when you're a high school student mm. and it's just now coming on the rise and in the news and especially since covid now it's a big name and so did a little bit of research into supply chain and figured oh my goodness this is exactly where i want to be it's a puzzle trying to figure out how to be you know the most efficient and where can you shave pennies and you know really start saving money kind of from the bottom of the company up and it's, it's a great opportunity, you know, allows for reinvestment into your employees, your company. I mean, it impacts the company in a huge, huge way, which is why to me it's so surprising that the name is just now becoming so well known, the term supply chain.
0: Yeah, I think we're seeing that more and more as, as excellent students like the two of you come through our program, get the word out. We're going to see more and more that, that, that truly target it. So how about your your favorite class or maybe your favorite experience that you've had so far?
3: So I've enjoyed both of your classes very much. Got good grades. (laughs) That helps a lot. But I will say that one of the most interesting things that we did, Jesse can add into this as well, was the beer game that we played in Professor Montgomery's class. And we were all in charge of being a distributor, wholesaler, retailer. We all had certain roles that we were assigned. Jesse and I were on the same team. And it really made us realize just how quickly things could go wrong within the supply chain. We did not do a great job, which is kind of unfortunate.
1: (laughs) Well, hey. You can mess with our toilet paper supply chain. You can mess with our computer chip supply chain. You mess with our beer supply chain. <laughs> Things go crazy, right? All right. Well, really appreciate that, uh, that line of questioning, Troy. Love the answers. Before I flip it over to Marty and we talk more about kind of what's going on today, I got to recognize uh, Fred Tolbert. Now, Greg has coined Fred as the – the. Um, why do I always get this wrong? What's the huckle- – who's the guy from – Doc, thank you, Amanda, from around the corner. Doc Holiday of Supply Chain. I, I can never remember that name from tomb, Tombstone. But if you've ever heard Fred, tell it like it is. <laughs> it, it, the name really makes a lot of sense. But great to have you here. And as he points out, Jesse, in the fall semester, is going to be with the returning captain of Team Supply Chain. So, love that. Okay, so Marty.
4: Scott, we, yes. Scott, if I could say one thing. Sure. Um, Fred. uh brought me in to be part of the, the mentorship group that he calls team supply chain um and he found out about the baseball team that i was running um and he made a very generous gift um to the team that made it a lot cheaper for for the parents of those kids and um, I haven't really got to thank him publicly yet but this is a great time to do it fred is an amazing guy he's spent a lot of time with me and uh i mean he he really is he's he's the best one we've got
1: Jesse, uh, spoken well beyond your years. I love that, um, and you're right. Absolutely, you know I've known Fred a long time, and he's he's given a lot of his time to associations and up, you know, folks working their way through the the craft, the pra- uh, you know the industry. And it doesn't surprise me at all that he he found out what you're up to and and got behind that too. So Fred, uh, we love you here, and Jesse, thanks for pointing that out. I should also point out today, <laughs> as I was struggling with Doc Holiday. David says he totally heard that mom voice from Amanda (laughs) (laughs) shouting around the corner. Uh, Some things just don't stick, right? Okay. So Marty, where are we going next?
2: So we're going to talk about what's happening in the industry right now. And um, both of you know that I talk about how supply chain is the most exciting time in its history. Um, It's like uh, uh, marketing went through when the internet came and, disrupted. Uh, Don Draper is the example I use and how he would, uh, you know, drink liquor and put an advertisement out uh, and hope people saw it. And it was disrupted. And now marketing can target an individual. Well, we are in the midst of the biggest change I think we've ever seen for the good. So we'd like your insight. And I'll start with you this time, uh, Jesse. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the challenges or developments or topics that you're tracking right now uh, more than others?
4: I think the biggest thing maybe across any industry right now is the, the labor shortage that's going on. Uh, working in Madison, I'm at a distribution center with Central Garden and Pet the majority of my time. And just all across our network, across all networks, finding people to work right now is very difficult with, with the environment that we're in right now. Uh, so thats that's been quite the challenge. And then, secondly, probably the next biggest thing for us is the the inflation that we're encountering, the pricing that is going on throughout our network with our customers, with our suppliers, making things very challenging, straining some relationships sometimes. Um, so those are things that we've got to deal with, and I'm hoping they get better.
2: That's a great uh, response, and the, the the inflationary piece, like of the the freight costs and skyrocketing labor costs, it, it's unprecedented in my career. You know, I've been doing this a long time, and I've never heard of, you know, 17, dollars 18000 19000 containers and, you know, wages jumping 20 30% in less than a year. And um, those are great ones uh, and difficult. And the, the brains of our supply chain uh, teams will figure out ways to make things more efficient and make things better and, and address those. And a uh, fun fact, Jesse, Central was my first meeting for our Supply Chain Advisory Board before it was even an idea, hardly, and they were a founding member. So tell wow. tell the team over there, thank you, and it's um, it's great that they have you there.
1: Well, Marty, so, really quick before you move forward, that's that's critical, right? Having having corporate support, for, you know, getting involved in these programs and, and and being able to facilitate opportunities for others that you know so they can they can learn and, and move into industry. You know, we met uh, first time I met Troy, uh, he was setting up a, a plant tour at Caterpillar. You know, giving the students the opportunity to kind of put their eyes and ears on what goes on in factories. Those are critical experiences. So I appreciate you pointed that out. Really quick, wanna recognize a few folks before we move over to Elena. Brandy, congratulations, starting a new role this month in consulting. Wonderful, congrats. Hope you can, you can uh, lift an adult beverage later this evening and celebrate and great to have you back here, Brandy. And then, John, I agree. Agreed. Supply chain is an ever-changing organism. We as supply chain practitioners are like doctors who diagnose the symptoms of the illnesses in organizations. And, uh, Charles, Heder, great to have you back. You missed a lot, but I'm sure we get you caught up quick. You're 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 fast on your feet, so great to have you here. Okay, Marty, where are we going with Elena next? Well,
2: Elena, uh, the same question from your perspective. What are the Challenges, developments, topics that you're seeing, and um, tell you know, tell us about your perspective on that.
3: Sure. Well, everything that Jesse just touched on, getting to witness all that happening from my internship firsthand has been a really interesting thing to kind of watch go down. I, I work in production shortages, and so we're having to deal with these shortages every single day. And there's a new person on the list every single day because there's labor shortages, because we can't afford prices of certain things. We're running into these problems all the time. And so from a work perspective, you see it, it's it's happening daily right in front of my eyes. So from a personal perspective, what's really been interesting to me is just the food shortage. If any of y'all are Chick-fil-A fans out there, you'll know that there's Chick-fil-A sauce shortage that occurred for weeks on end. And here in Athens, they're limiting one sauce per order, which is like crazy to an avid Chick-fil-A fan. So, But we've been seeing that a lot. Um, Starbucks can't make A lot of their drink menu items um, drove to Sonic last week and on the menu is just crossed out multiple items that you just can't get. So it's fascinating to see how COVID-19 has highlighted all the issues that occur within the food supply chain which is obviously so problematic because food is necessary in every single body's lives. So, <laughs> it's a big problem to
1: have. Huge problem. Hey, really quick, let me, uh, speaking of food challenge, I got this text from one of our regular listeners, Neil. In fact, I went to high school with Neil long way back when. He says, he's shopping me this note yesterday, said, I just boarded a plane with my kids. Delta says that they're in a national juice shortage and they've got nothing for kids. Put that in your supply chain pipe and smoke it, he says. So Marty, you're shaking your head there. I mean, you've heard of this juice shortage uh, here recently. Is that right?
2: You're talking about me? Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, You get old like me. It's hard to hear. So yeah, so I wanted to say Chick-fil-A is on our board, Salandre Rippon, and um, she guest lectures. And uh, when they opened their first store in New York City, They were at 10,000 lemons a day, a day. And now it's probably like 30,000, I would guess. How in the world do you get 30,000 lemons into New York City every day? And now they've opened a second large uh, store. So uh, a lot of folks don't realize how important supply chain is in our food supply. they just think, hey, it's in the background. It happens every day. But I've I've learned from uh, Chick-fil-A, that it is a major part of their business to uh, to deal with. Uh, also, the ramp up, right? Because a whole right. lot more people are eating food at Chick-fil-A uh,
1: every year, especially during COVID. Uh, agreed. And look what Clay says. Local chicken wing joint charging 20 bucks for 12 wings. It's a crisis. It's a crisis. I got to <laughs> share a couple of these other comments here before we move forward. Gaurav uh, said, I think that's right. If I said it wrong, I apologize. Let me know. I am in the supply chain. Uh, choice, not accident, he says. Worked for over nine years in supply chain management. I'm proud of my decision after engineering. I love that. Let's see here. Sarny says, Marty, uh, Marty, blockchain technology is an emerging concept that I've been working on for efficient transportation between two points. Effective, especially in the e-commerce delivery services. And then finally, John says, with topics such as inflation and prices and employee shortages, Jesse and Elena, how much of your programs focus on lean manufacturing, strategic sourcing, Six Sigma, restructuring, you name it. Any uh, comments there, Jesse or Elena? Would you like to address that?
4: I would say um, at Central right now, we are really challenged in our lean philosophy because there's so many stockouts. the The focus is on just getting items back on shelves. And so as I, I was actually with the SNOP team in Atlanta yesterday, um, getting to ask the director there kind of what her her thoughts on this was she said right now we just got to get things back on shelves we'll try to get lean again later mm. um, and so that's that's one thing that's going on right now and definitely interesting decisions that have to be made
1: absolutely thanks for sharing the Justin Elena, Atlanta anything else to add
3: yeah, I will say from defense contracting perspective, I don't, it's not exactly a secret that it's a little bit more behind the times in terms of lean and just in time and six sigma, just because there's so many government compliance challenges that you run into and so without already having those things in place it's almost even more of a challenge for us because we already have those things that the whole industry struggles with for one and then two you have everything on top of it and it just adds additional problems on top so
1: agreed agreed one of the silver linings though about this pandemic is because we're having to solve things through different means and, and unforeseen means we are going to be stronger if we can apply what we've learned, the problems and then some, you know, especially with root cause, you know, as we get through so that post-pandemic environment supply, global supply chains are truly more resilient in a meaningful way, not in a cliche way, which I know we've heard that term resilient a thousand times a day these days. Before we move on, because we want to pick Jesse and Elena's brain about what they're looking for in an ideal organization, employer, you name it, but Marty and, and or Troy, Would y'all like to add any other thoughts or observations around what we're seeing across global supply chain right now?
0: Yeah, I'll I'll jump in with one and and kind of um, thank John for that Lean Six Sigma plug there. That's something that through the exec ed program at UGA, we've been building a yellow belt, a green belt, and then we're working on having a black belt. we, We offer that opportunity for our students to get that yellow belt certification. And just like you guys are saying, not not just to follow that structured approach of Lean Six Sigma, which I think is great. It's about solving problems and figuring out how to solve problems that we've never faced before, either as an industry, an organization, or as a team. So having that kind of structured problem-solving approach uh, is extremely important, something that we really stress our students here, especially those students that you know we're, we're in the business school. And, um, and And most of our students are not engineers, but we're competing against engineers in the workplace. And so as long as our students can prove they can solve problems and have those management communication skills, then they have the potential to have a leg up against some of their other peers who may have an
1: engineering degree. Mm, well said, well said. You know, aside from that, and you know, we all saw the news this morning, perhaps that Uber had acquired TransPlace. And it's the latest reminder of, of just the hot deal-making market that we're in, and especially with a big emphasis on all things supply chain tech, freight tech, some call it, logistics tech. So it's really an intriguing time to be in supply chain right now. Marty, anything else to add before we switch gears?
2: Yeah, I would add a couple of things. I'm going to talk about how Troy and I and Jan are all practitioners. I'm a C-suite executive uh, in a manufacturing company, in a uh, diverse hair care products company, in an IoT company, and a 3PL Uh, in various uh, roles fractionally. We are living the beer game because um, we have such huge oscillations in demand. You know, this summer I was uh, at a client that had to order pool supplies almost a year in advance. And these students being in the business uh, world, you know, being with a business degree know that, well, that means a ton of working capital because you're not going to get paid for that and, until a year later. And then you're placing a massive bet. Well, are folks going to be hanging at the pool next summer, right? right? So we're living the the beer game and the oscillations that you see and demand. And a lot of the forecasting techniques of the past are worthless, and you're having to use more qualitative uh, methods. Um, and then the other thing we're living is the bottleneck. If a single point in this entire chain is bottlenecked, that's as fast as it goes. So we, we are seeing that with ships. I saw an article where they are going to make ships go faster, which uh, is hard to imagine, trying to deal with this ship bottleneck. Uh, we've had bottlenecks in labor. And so you, we're seeing it in the news every day. And so I think uh, those were great examples. And A-plus, by the way, to Jesse and Elena, since uh, you learned about that in both of our classes. Great answer.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Marty, somewhere... Greg White is singing, singing at the point, one of the points you just made, all y'all make great points, but about how the forecasting approaches of, of years gone past are, are no longer, you throw it out the window in, in many ways. And what has happened previously, there's no guarantees that will continue happening moving forward, right? There's a, there's a cliche there that I'm butchering, but you know, what? I'm, everyone's nodding their head, So everyone knows what I'm talking about. I want So I wanna sh- switch gears here for a second. I wanna share a couple of comments and then we're going to be talking with Jesse and Elena of what they're looking for in an organization, right? Let's start with uh, Nerfod says Jesse, I heard the Florida Gators haven't opened the handle football supply chain. <laughs> Interested in waiting for your reply. So we'll see. You may be reached out to by uh, the Gators down there, which I don't think, Jesse, you're going to be taking any calls from. That's right.
4: That's going uh, to have to be a hard pass. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's sacrilegious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Ziggy says, and this is a good, good back a little ways earlier point made. I think Jesse made. Uh, Ziggy says that's the issue I'm facing today. They don't want me lean because their supply chain has been disrupted. Even if, as a consultant, I can get a client to secure a manufacturing source, just doesn't understand it.
4: You no, know, just LA. a comment, Ziggy.
1: That's
2: yeah. a great point. Um, it you know, lean is a lot of things. It isn't just a constrained inventory. You know, there there's a hundred of improvements you can do uh, using lean techniques that have nothing to do with reducing inventory. So, management uh, in the C-suite, C-suite often doesn't really understand the idea, and, and we have to explain it.
1: I love that because lean has gotten – has been been beaten up on lean these last couple of years. But but you're right, Marty. It's not a it's it's not just it's been misapplied way too often. Uh, Lean is a very powerful methodology if you think about it in its truest sense, and, and hopefully organizations are going to and their leadership are going to get reacquainted with the right way to apply it. So appreciate that, Marty and, and Ziggy. Thanks for sharing there. Uh, Lay says we need to think big and we need to think cheap. <laughs> we'll see if we can't do both of those at the same time. And then finally. Ryver says, my company and all sports equipment companies, the biggest supply chain issues are aluminum, steel, and foam. Foam in particular has been very hard to get with prices seeing steep inflation. You know, on that note, porch furniture, of all things. The backlog there, folks are ordering via catalog, you know, it's eight months, 10 months, 12 months. Intriguing times we're living in.
4: Scott, um, yeah. River, River is a dear friend of mine. We graduated high school together. He's doing big things at Gill Athletics up in Illinois as a marketing major, um, and he's doing all of their track and field marketing uh, there for them. So I wanted to give him a little bit of shout-out. I appreciate him listening in to, to hear me on this.
1: Thank you. And it's River, not River. Thank you It River. is
4: It is River. River, but He okay. He gets called River so much, he's used to it.
1: <laughs> okay. And Peter makes a good point, too. We can source. We simply can't get it in a time-cost effective Man, that is a big one of the biggest problems right now. All right. So for the sake of time, I know we, we could we could make this a four or five hour discussion talking talk shop, right? But one of the things that we want to really hear from Jesse and Elena on, you know, as everyone has pointed to, hiring great talent is a huge challenge, right? And, and as Troy mentioned, supply chain is competing for top talent, perhaps like ever before, right? So I want to start with Elena here. So Elena, imagine you're speaking you're giving a keynote which is I'm sure in your future if it if it's not already here and it's thousands of hiring managers that really want to know what what your generation is thinking in terms of where they want to work and what does the culture look like? Paint a picture there. What what does what does that look like, Elena?
3: Well, I I think it is a couple things, and you just hit on one of them. The culture of your company will make you or break you. Um, It matters so much. Um, It's not just how much money am I making. It's am I in an environment that's comfortable? Am I learning? Am I growing? Is this challenging for me? Are the people around me wanting me to succeed, or can I not communicate with them? the culture that your company instills in its people going back to know your mission and your vision is huge for the employees. And I think um, students who are about to enter the workforce are quite aware of that. The second thing is, is, The opportunity to apply your critical thinking skills. If you're looking for the best talent, that best talent is going to want to be able to flex that ability. Supply chain is constantly evolving. It's ever changing and it needs adaptable, flexible minds to go with it.
1: I love that. And and allowing those minds to make an impact, make decisions and uh, have some at least some of the destiny in their hands. Elena loved that. And I couldn't help, you know, Marty, as you were flexing pre show, that's exactly where my brain went when she, she said flex there. So, uh, Jesse, same question to you. You know, if you're speaking to that auditorium full of hiring managers, what are you looking for in an organization?
4: Well, I've, I've actually had plenty of practice answering this question recently because uh, my bosses at Central have put a big emphasis on that. And that's really the first thing. I want to see a company that is willing to learn and listen. on on what we do want so that first and foremost is the baseline but in terms of the actual things that we want I you know I told them all of all of us at UGA we don't we're not stressed money because everybody wants money right that everybody that's that's level right we want to see a culture that is aligns with our values Um, me personally I want to see ways that I can advance I want that to be laid out where I can see okay you know, I, can, I have all these different options and we're going to invest in you. That, that is another thing is the investment that they would be willing to make in us. But the most important thing, kind of like Elena touched on, it is culture. It's, it's going to a place where you feel comfortable and the people, your, your values align with theirs.
1: Love that. Okay. I want to take a couple of quick comments here. So we've deemed Gregory as the Shakespeare of supply chain. Uh, he's all oftentimes very well spoken. Uh, he needs his own show. Gregory says very crucial operational capabilities continue to be disrupted due to the lack of infrastructure, shortfalls and in, in efficacies and resilience in supply chains, value chains. They all existed pre-COVID, but the impact by COVID, COVID threw many off their feet and many are unable to get back up. How true they are. Ziggy, appreciated your follow-up comments on his contribution. Carter says, shout out to Jesse Bailey. So, Carter, what's the story? Or, I'm sorry, Jesse, what's the story with Carter?
4: Carter's another good friend. He's at UGA as well. Um, just got accepted into the Terry College of Business. Going to be a um, management information systems major. So, big things are ahead for Carter. I appreciate him listening in as well.
1: Awesome. Jose absolutely agrees with y'all on culture. Lexi loves what you said there about culture, uh, Elena. And then John shares, in my experience, to get the buy-in from senior leadership for Lean Practices Six Sigma, illustrate the issues with Pareto charts and multivari charts, multivariate charts, to show the trends, obstacles, and to speak dollars, speak money. I think this is where project management skills and education can help supply chain professionals. Vilfredo Pareto. Vilfredo yeah. Pareto. Look up. I was going his- to. I
2: was going to say, Scott, that uh, John. Thank you for that, because both students know I talk about Pareto. I teach Pareto. I use Pareto every day, to to pick the twenty percent of the things in my life that have eighty percent of the outcomes, like supply chain now radio, right? <laughs> so you know, I pick and choose, and I teach my students that, and I use it every day in my consulting you can get so much more done. So thanks for pointing out that old, but very powerful tool.
1: Agreed. And Troy, I bet you're chomping at the bits to, to, to weigh in on that as well.
0: Yeah, and and one other thing that was included there from John is uh, what, I, what I deem the, the language of finance. And if we can't put dollars to a project, to an initiative, then while it may be important, the C-suite is probably not going to hear it. So I challenge people over and over again is, turn that lead time, that uh, productivity, turn that into something that looks like dollars and partner with somebody in finance to help you do that, build your business case.
1: Love that. Very powerful. So folks, when you're coming to Jesse and Elena in the CEO's office, you better bring your business case. Is that right, Jesse and Elena?
3: Absolutely, it is. <laughs> Sounds
4: <laughs> right. <It> might,
1: <laughs> that might be the case right now, with the advisory board. I love that. Okay, before we're going to talk about some of the elements behind UJ's growth here as we start to kind of wind the conversation down. But, you know, Jesse and Lane, I want to surprise one more question with y'all, right? So, fill in this blank. Global supply chain would be better if, finish that sentence for me. Think about that for a second and finish that sentence. And while you think about that, we're going to move on and talk about UJ. And I'm going to circle back, and that would be one of your last questions we pose to you. Okay. So, Marty and Troy, we've been fortunate to rub elbows uh, and, and kind of see the, George UGA starting to fill its oats when it comes to supply chain programming and blossom into just a, such a great story. So Marty, starting with you, what's what has made UGA's supply chain program, program to be on the move? What are some some of the secret sauce there?
2: Yeah, so like all uh, pastors, I'm going to boil it down to three things: the the students, the alumni that uh, pour into our program. And the fact that uh, Troy and Jan and I are practitioners of this on a daily basis, we're not just uh, teachers, but we're also practitioners. So the students segues perfectly. You've gotten to see extraordinary students in these two. And so uh, they run our board of directors and all they are the product. All I have to do is place them at a company and more will be hired. So five, six years ago, we had virtually no students from our program at the Home Depot, at Georgia Pacific, at West Rock, at all of these places. We have tons of students. And it's, it's almost like a pay it forward because those students will help uh, current students. But I also design internship programs for companies, and I have these students working for me. Mm. They're phenomenal. I've had a student design and install and set up an ERP system. Fishbowl. Wow. I have had a student do all the new product setups in an ERP system, including pricing and costing and doing all the labor cost analysis. I've had a student build out, I've built out three websites with these students um, in a distribution company, and a hair products company, and I have them hire their replacements. And so that, uh, around that comment uh, that they made about um, what they like, I push them to make their own decisions and have their own autonomy. And so they're phenomenal. If you hire any of them, you will want more. And so that, that's put a tremendous uh, demand on our program. The second one, you know, I'd like to join the, 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 the Fred Tolbert Love Fest. Fred, hopefully, hopefully you're still on here. Our alum are amazing. Fred, um, Heather Tenney, and Aaron Donnelly over at the Home Depot uh, Anant Patel and Chad McCrary over at um, Georgia Pacific, uh, you know Johnny and Dean and others at Central and Melissa Murphy at Westrock. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And I think Fred is sort of the embodiment embodiment of that. I met Fred for lunch, and he said, "You know, I'm in." And boy, did he mean it. He guest lectures in our classes. He mentors through Team Supply Chain. He's Uh, going with us to take students to the ASCM conference. And without that, without the alum advocating, uh, I don't don't think our students would have a chance. And so that makes a big difference. And then lastly, on this issue of practitioners, you know, UGA is big into experiential learning. I take six to eight students each year to improve the supply chain at the Masters Golf Tournament because someone has to do it, right? (laughs) We took 40 supply chain uh, students to the NRF Foundation pre-COVID up in New York City uh, to see all the retailers that are hiring um, the
1: big show, the big show,
2: yes, phenomenal show. Uh, We got to see New York. We got to uh, to do that. We've entered uh, several case competitions. Georgia Pacific uh, has provided a five thousand dollar case study in Troy's class. I'll let him talk about. We have two scholarships. The Trucker Profitability Strategies Conference has given us a foundation grant for $5,000 a year scholarship. We give two $2,000 a year scholarships ourselves. We have started a student ASCM chapter. We're going to take them to uh, San Antonio. I mean, Scott, it goes on and on and on. And we couldn't do it without the students because they organize it and they um, they do the work. GSD.
1: Um, yeah. They,
2: they I get I heard stuff mastered, done, right? Yeah, I go to the masters and and really what I do is just kind of come alongside them and behind them and sort of watch golf and hang out and, you know, eat the food and drink beer. They do the hard work. Um, And so, you know, I just want to say it's about them and these two, uh, Elena and um, Jesse are
1: two of the best. I love that. What a great message. And, and you know, and, and Jesse and Elena aren't outliers. I mean, we, we've been fortunate to interview a wide variety of students thanks to Fred's help and thanks to Troy's help. And and it's amazing, the talent and and the can-do uh, ability uh, of, of students here. So, Troy, what else would you add to that? And then we're going to finish off our interview with Jesse and Elena.
0: Yeah, well, I, I want to give a lot of credit to Marty, who's been with the program for a little bit over five years now and started the Supply Chain Advisory Board. And we're up to about 30 or so uh, corporate sponsors. And and, and credit to Marty using his network and his experience previously as a COO and building that and then handing it over to students. So it's one thing to build it. And then it's another to build something that's sustainable and that can be student run. So a lot of kudos uh, to Marty to to getting that started. The other thing I'll add on, because I completely agree with Marty, the students, faculty that we have, uh, the alums, but then also just we're sitting inside one of the best business programs for undergraduates in the nation. So we're ranked 14th among public institutions in the top 25 overall. Mm. So right off the bat, we've got great students that are coming in through our program. The other thing that 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 I'll mention is, um, you know, we're, we're continuing to push kind of that real life experience that Marty mentioned. We're also seeking to give our students additional credentials. So I mentioned the yellow belt credential that, that the students have an opportunity to get. Uh, if they take the project management course, they can go through the CAPM. And then we're also seeking to start to get some students through a pilot of some of the ASCM credentials, formerly known as APEX. So we want our students to be uh, at the top of the list when it comes to somebody reading through a resume, not just through our program, but also through the real life experience and potential to gain credentials.
1: Love that. Okay, lots of reasons behind UGA's growth when it comes to supply chain programming and and love to see the the product, as Marty put it. These these incredible people sitting for us here today, Jesse and Elena. So on that note, we had a fill in the blank question a moment ago and I wanna wrap it with that and then we'll make sure everyone knows how to connect with each of y'all. But Elena, we'll start with you. So global supply chain would be better off if what?
3: Uh, I guess a couple answers. First one being, if everyone hired our students on our board, <laughs> we have some really great students, lots of great talent. And then the second answer is the answer that we just can't have is uh, be better if it were simple. And it can't be um, if it were a much more student process across everyone and everywhere you know, it would probably come together a lot better. But because there's so many different ways to go about supply chain and there's so many moving parts and it's always changing, you just simply can't have it. So you do the best you can and you get the most efficient, effective ways out of it.
1: Love that. Okay. And folks, if if you want to connect with talent on the board, as Elena said, uh, kidding aside, reach out to her. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, connecting folks is is one of our biggest responsibilities as, as leaders. So Elena, I love that answer. All right, so Jesse, same question. Global supply chain will be better off if what?
4: Yeah, my first answer was going to be if everybody would be taught by Troy and Marty, so... (laughs) Oh, wow, man, guys, that's great. But, the the second answer, kind of like Elena's, I think it's investment for the future. I think the companies that are setting themselves apart in supply chain are the ones making large investments now, and that made them in the past. Um, Obviously, I'm biased. I think all the budget should go towards supply chain investments, um, but... That's not feasible, but it does need to be a part of the CapEx expenditures because you see companies like Amazon, you see companies like Walmart that we're able to study in in our classes. Those are the companies that are putting forth the the budget now to make advancements in the future.
1: And they're going to be positioned uh, for return on that investment. Uh, so yeah. I love that, Jesse. Takes. By the way, takes, for the
2: kind comments, I'm going to Venmo Troy and Elaine and Jesse
1: the twenty bucks I promised. <laughs> so thank you. Love <laughs> that. I love that. But you know, it takes a village, and it takes investment. And you know, it, it's a uh, it's a big organism. To still, whoever said that earlier, I think that might have been John. Uh, and Jesse, I love that. That's what I believe the the leading companies are doing. Right. So spending some of that profit on, on future returns. So very very well spoken, Elena and Jesse. Uh, one final question for each of y'all is, is, how can folks connect with you? And Elena, how can folks connect with you, whether they want to uh, interview your buddies or if they want to get your thoughts on something else?
3: <laughs> yeah, please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. And then also be sure to check out the Supply Chain Advisory Board um, website page. You'll get to see our students need to be updated with our current students, but you can look into all of our corporate members that we have and our student members and learn a little bit more about the board as well.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Elena Griggs, uh, rising senior and president of that aforementioned UGA Supply Chain Advisory Board. Jesse, same question. How can folks connect with you?
4: The easiest way is by far LinkedIn. Uh, the, my URL is Bailey 5 all under uh, lowercase, no spaces or anything like that. Um, whether that be to connect with me or if you're a company looking to join the board, it's a great way to do that. Or if you're trying to hire some of my friends, I'll be sure to put you in contact. So,
1: <laughs> Well, uh, folks in the skyboxes have loved what both of y'all have shared today on that last note. Charles says, boom, invest in the future, invest in supply chain students. Man, well said, Charles. And, of course, he was echoing what you were saying, uh, Jesse. In fact, he said <laughs> Jesse Bailey said it first. I love that. Big thanks, Jesse Bailey, rising senior and treasurer of the UGA Supply Chain Advisory Board and, and give a shout out to the Georgia Liberty Baseball Organization. Look forward to learning more about that. Big thanks to you both. Uh, big old bright future. I should have had my sunglasses as a prop to the here today, but really appreciate what you shared and we'll be tracking uh, your future successes in the months to come. Thanks so much, Jesse Bailey and Elena Griggs. Thanks, thanks for
4: having Scott, us. Thank oh, you It's are. been a pleasure.
1: Okay, Marty. Troy, that hour went fast. Um, Wow. And Elena and Jesse, talk about cleanup hitters uh, to continue uh, continue the baseball analogy. Uh, So for y'all, and I'll start with Marty, there's a lot shared. And and also the business maturity that they both exhibited right there. That's been one of the, the common themes in my conversations with certainly UGA students. But Marty, what was your singular favorite thing you heard there?
2: Yeah, so I would say I've had the honor of going in to see like final presentations from these students at the end of their internships. And I I wept at a couple of them. I'm going to tell you, Scott, Mm. that I've just been so amazed. And uh, I feel like you described it best. They are 10 years in advance of what you think. They, are, they start businesses, they run these boards, they start baseball teams, and they really are serious about this material and want to learn it and be practitioners of it. And I get these older people that'll say, you know, what about this generation in a negative way? And I'm like, they're amazing. Right. Um, so I, I, that's the one thing for me is just that poise you described.
1: I love that. And Troy, I'm going to come get your take in a second, but I want to point out, uh, so Larry's with us here today. Larry, you know, you're talking about Pareto Principle, which is one of our favorites, especially to apply it. Larry has a slew of free resources uh, that touch on things from Outlook to Excel, you name it. Larry would love for you to drop that link in the chat because he shares it for the to help people. Out. So Larry, great to have you here today. Okay. So Troy, what, what what's your one big thing here?
0: Yeah. And, and of course, I can't just say one, so I got I to gotta have two. So the first one was something that, that Elena said right off the bat. She said, I got to make the most of it now when you're asking about how does she get everything done? And, and I think if we could all just take that attitude towards life, no matter how old we are, no matter what stage of our career or education we're in, uh, that's just such a great attitude that she exhibits all the time. And then the second one is what we were just hitting on there. And uh, Jesse talking about investing in the future, and he's talking about companies, but I think we can also relate that to our students. And so for your listeners, love to have you invest in UGA, time, money, whatever that may look like, or your alma mater. So we've talked about Fred multiple times who really exhibits that and really giving back to the future generation to make things better. So, uh, so just remember that and 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 take that call, take that mentorship, uh, share some time with with some folks that are undergraduate that are interested in supply chain.
1: Excellent challenge. And I appreciate what y'all both do and, and the way you go about it. It's not business as usual at uh, UGA, especially within the supply chain program. And if that isn't directly relevant to everything else in the industry, and one of the big reasons why your programs are growing and you've got the following you do, I don't know what is. So really appreciate both y'all sharing. Peter, I agree with you. Peter Bolay all night and all day. The future is strong with all the youth taking an interest in supply chain and supply chain management. Completely agree. And that's one, you know, you think of you know, it's good news if you go looking for it, for sure. And I think there there are a lot of silver linings to this, these terrible and challenging times we live in. But one of them, for sure, is putting supply chain front and center. You know, it's had a seat at the table finally here in recent years. But as Greg likes to say, now we got we got to deliver we got our seat at the table now we got to deliver but but more importantly folks are starting to connect what supply chain is and and there's more interest and appeal and awareness of why we can have things in 2 hours and then send things back and have it instantly uh, it, it makes it easy and seamless those wonderful and smart supply chain professionals that make that happen okay so let's make sure folks can connect with both of y'all and Larry, thank you very much. I think he dropped, yeah, I think the Excel, I've seen a number of links that you put out there for for um, the public good, but y'all check out that link. A lot of really neat things I never knew Excel could do, uh, but I'm, I'm a slow learner. I'm unlike, unlike Marty and Troy here, um, but thanks, Larry. So let's make sure folks can connect the dots and connect with y'all. So Marty, what's the easiest way for folks to connect with Marty Parker?
2: Uh, Google, actually, just Google uh, Marty Parker UGA or Marty Parker Tech CXO, my um, partner Tech CXO. Either of those, I'll pop right up and you can uh, clink, click on it and uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. And I connect with anyone and everyone in supply chain
1: because um, I, I want to help my uh, students. Right. And he does and he acts and it's deeds, not words. And I've I've observed that about you for a long time, Marty. So I appreciate that. Okay, Troy, same question. How can folks connect with you?
0: Yeah, similar answer. Uh, LinkedIn, go through UGA. You can find me there. Or uh, I've got a small consulting firm, sc Partners. So reach out in any of those avenues.
1: Wonderful. Okay, we're going to wrap on this. So we're hope, we hope our plan.
2: Scott wants to feature more of these students going forward in these uh, interviews. I'm pretty sure is what he was getting ready to say. And we, Troy and I would uh, love to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, we're also going to challenge Scott to get back into the classroom here at UGA. Enjoyed having him a couple of years in our classroom. He does such a good in these podcasts with this audience, but does uh, an excellent job with
2: our students as well. Yeah, he really does. He's Mr. Supply Chain, and um, um, I've known him for a while, and uh, he's got a heart of gold, and um, he gives back to the industry, and we're just honored to be a part of uh, of Supply Chain Now Radio. All
1: right, here we are. All right, I'm going to wrap then. Apologies for our technical uh, difficulties here. Big thanks to Troy and Marty, uh, Jesse and Elena. Hey, do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. And we'll see you next time right here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.